Welcome to Money Matters, the podcast that focuses on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want. Now, here is your host, Ms. Kim Chapman. Welcome to a new edition of Money Matters. I am your host, Kim Chapman. To say that consumers have been on a financial roller coaster would be an understatement. We've endured a global pandemic, rising inflation, nine interest rate hikes since March of last year, and most recently, one of the largest U.S. banks' failures since 2008. Naturally, many consumers are wondering how stable are financial institutions and should they be withdrawing their money? Well, joining me today to discuss the state of Neighbors Federal Credit Union is President and CEO, Mr. Steve Webb. Well, good afternoon. It's great to see you this afternoon. Thank you so much for stopping by. And what have you been up to? Well, you just said what I've been up to. Nine interest rate hikes in the last year. I've, I've been, uh, you know, sitting with my CFO and our pricing committee talking about how do we how do we uh, proactively address these issues and trying to make sure we keep our credit union on on a good stable footing as we move forward. So it's been a busy year. I mean, you keep talking about inflation and rate hikes. You sound like you're trying to talk me into retiring or something. I don't no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm happy as a lark. It is a it's it's a time for savers, and it seems like I've been preaching about saving for years and years. And you know, consumers just kind of look back at me and say, "Okay, but we're just getting pennies now. We're up to dime." So hey, I feel really good about that speech now. Well, it really is because consumers for the past twenty years really have not gotten much for their savings, but today. Uh, with some of our checking account programs or our CD programs, and you know they're all starting to see a return. So it's a, it's good for those savers. Absolutely. All right. So for anybody listening that does not know Mr. Webb's history, he started out as a teller way back when we were Baton Rouge teachers. I think shortly after the Ice Age. So tell us what has your journey from teller <laughs> to CEO involved? Yes, I do believe the affectionate title, I was the original pit monster. And that's what we would call the first lane of the drive-through at Goodwood back in the old Baton Rouge teacher's days. So um, what has that journey in- involved? What has it not involved from just growth of the organization, um, complexity and sophistication of the organization, the implementation of so much technology, um, just continuing to grow personally? But I think the one thing that really hasn't changed is the key to success in every role in this organization, whether it's one of our today virtual tellers to the CEO and all points in between, is that it's a it's a people job. And as long as you relate to people, you talk to people, you show empathy, concern, and a, and a passion for assisting our members, you know, a lot of the roles that I learned in 19-something-something – Still apply today because it's about just listening to the needs of our members and what we can do to to help them uh, improve their financial stake in life. And I think you've done that quite well because I can tell you if I have a neighbor's shirt on, somebody's always stopping me and saying, hey, you know, Mr. Webb, tell Mr. Webb I said hello. <laughs> and even now they're like, hey, do you remember me? And unfortunately, my memory is not as good. So how have credit unions evolved since you know, you're, you started back way back then. Well, I mean, when I started back in the mid-80s, I mean, checking accounts or share draft accounts, as we were required to call them back then, had just really become a, a thing. So in the in the mid-80s, where we were just really starting to branch out from being a glorified savings and loan type institution, today we're full-service institutions. Um, you know, we have a full array of, of online and mobile applications that allow our members to serve themselves. Uh, 
you know, I'm a big I'm a big uh, advocate of electronic documents. I mean, uh, my people who work direct, directly for me know that don't bring me a big bundle of paper that they've just printed. So for our uh, I guess for our, our uh, partners that provide all of our copier machines, I'm sorry to say that, but it's it's just, you know, it's much more efficient for me to get a PDF on my computer than if someone to leave a stack of paper on my on my desk. So so the technology has evolved. The products and services have evolved. Uh, we are one of the first credit unions that really started to grow in our small business commercial applications. So uh, I think that's the big change is it's been a constant evolution. Uh, obviously, our organization has changed. We were boundaries teachers when I started. Today, we're neighbors. Uh, it's still the same organization, still the, a lot of the same leadership team, but in order to grow our business beyond just that education population, uh, we had to make some tough decisions, and, and that's where Neighbor is today. Still has a focus and commitment to education, a lot of the philanthropic work we do, but we're able to bring the products and services to the broader community. And so, of course, uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank has been the recent news in their failures, and it sounds like, and of course, I can attest to, Neighbor seems to be thriving are credit unions in general in any jeopardy of having any failure similar to what we've seen with the banks? I mean, I'll be frank. At any point in time, I don't I don't manage the nearly 5,000 credit unions across the country, and there could be one out there that's maybe uh, you know in a situation that could be in peril. What I can speak of very well is where's neighbors today and what are – how are we so much different than the Silicon Valley banks or signature banks and so forth? And and today, the, the glaring difference between those banks and most credit unions or the typical credit union is that they're a very large commercial bank with very large depositors and not really that many customers based on their deposit size, uh, whereas most credit unions have lots of members. Most members are smaller depositors. And so our risk is spread out over a lot of people. Those banks, their risk were actually concentrated in a very few people. And so uh, when there began to become a run on the bank, a very few people took a lot of money out in a very short amount of time, and that's what caused them to fail ultimately. So completely different business model. Uh, we're very consumer-focused, although I just mentioned we do small business accounts and commercial accounts. The lion's share of our business, over 95% of our business is in the consumer market. So we're here to help people uh, of modest means continue to just improve their financial stakes in life. And, I mean, literally, it would take everybody coming at one time to say, oh, we all want our money to, to cause us any issues. I think the key thing, too, though, what's caused some of those banks to have trouble is those nine interest rate bumps you've mentioned in the last year. Quite a few. And, you know, at Neighbors, we were very proactive early on last year and addressing the things we needed to address to make sure that we were prepared for that. Obviously, we need to raise rates. Those rates are going up. Our consumers want better rates on their on their products, so we're doing this. But conversely, when we raise the rates on the deposits, what else has to go up? Ooh, loans. Yeah. So, um, you know, making sure too many times we see organizations where the people pricing their deposits and the individuals pricing their loans aren't communicating. And so, you know, you almost have to sacrifice sometimes in what you're going to produce but you gotta you gotta price accordingly. So we have a very talented team. They don't let me communicate or participate in those meetings. <laughs> uh, our CFO and I, we have a pricing committee, and their job really is to sit down and evaluate the market influences and what we need to do. So I'm very proud of them. Uh, they made some difficult decisions, some challenging decisions, but they made the right decisions. And so as we sit here today, 
some of the challenges those big banks had from liquidity risk or interest rate risk or just a balance sheet that was extended further than it should have been, we're fine. We have a very actually short short balance sheet as far as our assets. They mature very quickly. We're flush with cash right now. We're doing well. Um, and interest rate risk is actually rated low. We do all of our asset liability management uh, reports and in every category, interest rate risk is actually rated as a low risk for our organization. So we're doing quite well. That is very good to hear. And of course, we are not insured by FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Tell our listeners what protects their deposits if they trust their money with a credit union. Yeah. Credit unions are very fortunate. We actually have our own separate federal regulator, the NCUA, and our funds are actually insured through a separate insurance fund called the National Credit Union Share Insurance Fund. Uh, it's extremely well-funded, so uh, actually higher than it's been in years. And so any bank failures actually have – they have no impact at all on the share insurance fund that credit unions use to protect our shares. So you heard me mention in the beginning, I mean, we went through a global pandemic. We've got the interest rates, interest rate hikes. I mean, the pandemic itself, how did we survive? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I think, you know, we sat down and talked uh, very early on. It's like we did not have a business model that said the governor was going to call and say, close your doors. So it, it was a little, obviously, a lot of reactions to the situation. I don't think anyone was proactive enough to say, oh, this might happen. So, But fortunately for us, a lot of the investments we had made, the investments in our virtual teller center, our investments would work from home technology, our investments in all of our online applications allowed us to continue to do business despite all this disruption. Uh, in fact, I've told folks, April and May of 2020 were some of the most productive months we've had. Loans were very good. New accounts were uh, tops. I mean, we, uh, transaction volume was very high. So it was really quite amazing to see that the things that we had done in preparation for how business will ultimately be conducted in the future, well, that future accelerated and became April of 2020 when COVID really changed the world we lived in. Some of it was good forethought. Some of it was good fortune and good luck. But I think, too, part of that was just having a very good team. We met every day, multiple times a day, got very acquainted with uh, Zoom and Teams meetings and all the applications we use regularly now just to make sure that, okay, we weren't willing to, we weren't scared to try something. Didn't know if it would work or not. We'll try it, see if it works. We'll, we'll come back in the morning and, and talk about it. So I think a lot of it was just being flexible and great communication with our team to just, hey, let's survive today and get to tomorrow. And then all of a sudden that game momentum that, hey, the things we've done are working well. And, uh, and we actually were able to flourish during that period of time. And right now we sit at, what is it, nine branches? Well, I, yeah. I say 10 yeah, if you count virtual tellers. Yeah, well, no, we're, we're actually with 10 if you count Walker High School. Out so. Walker High School. Yes, indeed. So uh, the branch network's very strong. Uh, if, if our members have visited any of those locations, they should see they've all been updated and remodeled, maybe with the exception of Port Allen. So I'll, I'll hang a little teaser there. Uh, come back and visit Port Allen here in the near future. We have some plans for that location uh, on the very uh, near horizon. But, um, but yeah, 10 locations, a little office in Walker High School is doing exceptionally well. We have another high school we're in communication with right now. So we may have a second. And there's even a, another larger education partner that uh, will remain nameless now that we're in conversations with. So No hints? Um, 
No, no hints. Nothing signed on the dotted line yet, so no hints. So but, we'll have uh, to get you back after you sign that dotted line. But uh, it's interesting you mentioned branches because, you know, during, you know, I guess reflecting back on COVID, we saw a monumental shift in consumer behavior where our online banking application, our mobile banking application, our online applications, our Zelle product, those those transaction volumes continue to grow to this day. And and there was a there was definitely a, a monumental point of inflection where they were growing, but then they really launched um in, you know in early twenty twenty. Uh and they're continuing to grow at rapid paces. But that doesn't mean that we're not committed to our branch network. You know, the the role of the branch may change somewhat, but it's it's that trusted source of information, that trusted source of assistance, that trusted source of counseling when our members need it. Yes, if you want to know an interest rate on a CD, it's on the website. You can find it. You can call us. It's there. It's much easier to come to a branch. But if you need help with something, there's nothing really better than that face-to-face consultation with one of our excellent employees at one of our branches. Absolutely. So what do you think sets neighbors apart from other institutions, financial institutions in Louisiana? Well, I think today um, we have the luxury of having a very tenured team. A lot of people know who we are, where we've come from. They've invested, quite frankly, a lot of our members, I mean, our team members have invested their adult lives in growing this organization. So it's not just a job. It's not just a business. It's really, quite frankly, been a way of life for a lot of people who work here. Not many institutions can say that. Um, you know, they hire they hire people from outside, possibly people from out of state. Um, maybe they've merged for their growth. Our growth has been... organic growth. We've had a few mergers, really not any tremendous large mergers. Most of them have been, we had one that was about 45 million and the others have been, quite frankly, tiny. So most of our balance sheet growth has been organic growth, actually attracting members, attracting depositors, making loans, and doing what we're actually um, chartered to do, and that's to assist our members in our community. So, you know, from that regard, our team, again, they're homegrown. They're committed. They're loyal. They're not here to make themselves wealthy. They're here to take care of people. And all of our management's local. Our decisions are local. And that just doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. I mean, a lot of times, and, and you know, it's not the fault of others, but a lot of institutions you know, are growing. And as soon as they get a certain size, they sell or merge or, or get bought or whatever the case may be. The good thing about neighbors and about credit unions in general, we can't be bought. We don't own it. I can't sell it. <laughs> our members own it. You own it. You know, um, and that's that's really unique. And I don't think a lot of people understand that about the credit union difference. We don't have stockholders. Every member has a share in their shareholders. So every member has a voice in what we do. Um, and I think that's what's really interesting. I couldn't be more proud to lead this organization. Uh, you know, our balance sheet has grown to over $1.2 billion. When I started here, not as a teller, but when I came back in the early 90s uh, after graduating school and, and adventuring out of state for a while, when I came back, our credit union had $68 million in assets. I remember that number and I actually went back and looked at financials to make sure I wasn't just remembering something that wasn't true. And I thought we were something. We were $68 million. And I can remember the day we actually closed the books and we actually were over $100 million in assets. And the best uh, was still yet to come. Yeah, we we grew by like almost forty million last year, and that was kind of a slow year with some things that were occurring with the rates and so forth. So, you know, it's really interesting to see how far we've come. Um, I was looking at reports, uh, you know, just since I've taken over in the leadership role back in the end of twenty fifteen, 
And we've almost doubled in size in those seven years. It's like, my gosh. But I will, I mean, I caution our team and, and uh, you know, as we see here today, just because you're bigger doesn't make you better. Um, you got to work at being humble. You got to be, really work hard at making sure you're focused on what is, what is our purpose for being here? Uh, why do we come to work every day? And you know what that is. And I don't know how often y'all talk about it, but we talk all the time about building relationships. Um, the relationships with our members, with our partners, you know, with our community. And, a, and there's a, a number of other applications for that. But just because you're bigger, you might get a little more efficient. You might look a little fancier or have a little fancier technology. But the core of what you do is if you're not here really focused on the members that, that actually make us successful, then, you, then you've kind of lost your focus. And I think if there's nothing else that sets us apart, we are focused every day on building relationships with the people that choose to do business with us. I tell every employee when they come in, you know, I have lunch with every new employee. We sit yes, down. and you know us all by name, which is, you know, not just remarkable that you know us by name, but at least a third of us you have nicknamed for us. So you know our <laughs> government name and you know our nickname. So that's pretty good for a company with, what, 200-plus employees? 200-plus employees. But when, when those new employees come in, and it's like the one time I'm allowed to have pizza. Don't tell my wife I'm eating pizza at the office all the time, but... And I tell them, I said, everybody walks in the door and made a choice to do business with us. And some of those people might have $50. Some of them might have millions. But it doesn't matter. Every individual made a conscious choice to bring us their financial resources. So you respect everybody. You know, everybody walks through that door. Big depositor, small depositor, young, old, and all places in between. So respect everybody walks in the door because they made a conscious choice to choose neighbors. And they probably drove by how no, how who knows how many other institutions they drove by to get here to open that account and i do believe we do the building relationships really well like i said if i leave the office and i have that neighbor shirt on i i'm guaranteed somebody's going to stop me <laughs> and tell me how much they love neighbors you know who they know at neighbors how long they had the account it's never just a hey do you work there and so you know it's something i always think about as you come back to work that we are doing a really, really great job because we have live testimonies every time I go out into the public. So what's next for Neighbors Federal Credit Union? Well, you know, technology never ends. Um, I've got a group right now looking at everything that uh, you hear about. The What's the blockchain? What's distributed ledger technology? What's a non-fungible token or an NFT? I'm not saying we're there yet, but we're learning about it. There's some new stuff coming up later this year. Uh, you hear a lot about artificial intelligence. Maybe there's not enough just regular intelligence. I'm just joking. <laughs> but, but um, you know, we have some some partners who we're working with this year. There are applications that – um, that we can put into place there that may assist with efficiencies, getting questions answered quicker and, and so forth for our members. The, the one thing that is always next, though, goes back to relating to the people and doing what we need to do. So I love to talk about technology. Most people don't know when I started my, my college career, I was a computer science uh, major. So I really enjoy uh, some of you geeking out a little bit on this stuff. Uh, I don't know nearly enough about it anymore because I've, I've gone down a different track with my life and my career, but it always intrigues me. But the best of technology is not worth much without the human interaction and the human touch to make sure that we um, – we relate to everybody that comes to those doors. So what's next? Yes, we will continue to invest and explore 
um, some changes in the technological world. I uh, kind of threw you a couple bones. There may be a couple of other little locations coming up. Mm-hmm. Again, I can't disclose exactly where yet, um, but you know, we'll do an announcement of that soon when those come to fruition. You know, products and services always evolve, so we'll continue to look and see. You know, where is their need in the community? It, it should be it should be a fun year to say the least. Well, I am so glad you stopped by to join me. I'm definitely going to have you back. Heads up that what I, somebody gave me a little secret that we're going to be hitting 70 years next year. And so I want to have you and the rest of the sweet C-suite back. And we're going to do a little trivia. We're going to do some Baton Rouge teachers trivia, <laughs> some neighbors trivia, and just Baton Rouge history in general. So I'm giving you an advance notice so that you can do your research because, of course, you know, it's going to be a little competition. And maybe we'll add a little technology here, throw some little cameras in, and then we can, you know, make it a little oh, uh, contest on YouTube. A 70-year anniversary 70 trivia years. contest. That's hard to believe been in 1954, so we've come a long ways in those 70 years. So I've so. kind of looked up the history, like what did Baton Rouge look like? You know, even our airport, what was our airport called? It's Baton Rouge Metropolitan now, but what was it called? It was called Ryan Airport. Ryan Airport. I actually still call it Ryan Airport. I have to, <laughs> when people say Baton Rouge Airport, Ryan. So, well, so there's there's this the only hint and clue that I'm going to give you, but we'll have you and the rest of the C-suite come back and join us. So thank you again. Looking forward to that. Indeed. Deposit insurance is a significant benefit of having an account at a FDIC-insured bank or an NCUA-insured credit union. It's how financial institutions protect your money in the unlikely event of a bank failure. Here are a few tips on how you can insure your money if you have more than $250,000. Open an account at a different financial institution. Add a joint owner. Get an account that's in a different ownership category. Or better yet, join your credit union. For more information, check out neighborsfcu.org forward slash financial education to learn more on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want. <music>